Welcome to the Co-op Company Gaming Podcast, where we help you find the best couch co-op games to play with your family, friends, or your significant other. Today we're going to be interviewing the developer of Merrick's Market, a game that we've featured several times on the channel, from our review to numerous listicle videos like the Overcooked Games video we released last week. We're going to talk about the game development, why they made it co-op, what struggles they ran into, and what makes it such an enjoyable co-op game, as well as have some fun gaming chit-chat. Dave was also gracious enough to provide us with several codes for Merrick's Market, so if you want to learn how to enter to win those codes, then make sure to check out our Discord in the description down below. Without any further ado, let's head into the podcast. Today we've got Dave Worderly with us, the developer of Merrick's Market from Big Village Games. So, uh, Dave, why don't you give us like your elevator pitch of Merrick's Market? What's the game about? What is it? Why would people want to play it? Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so you play as Merrick and you've got your very own medieval market, your, your shop, um, and you've got customers coming in all the time requesting swords and shields and different things, um, and you've got to try and craft those things, give them to customers, haggle over the price of those customers and get about the shop and, and churn through people as fast as you can to make the most money. Um, we've got a boss levels every 10 levels, so you have kind of like a, a, big, a big item to craft. Um, some like a racing cart, or uh, you've got a Pierce of Dragon's Node and, and a few daft things like that. Um, and I suppose we'll be talking about the, the co-op side of it today as well. So there's the full co-op campaign to it, where you can play with up to three friends. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all just, just uh, sitting in the same room, shouting at each other, trying to organise a shop together. Right. Okay, awesome. So take me through, you have a solo campaign and you have a separate co-op campaign. Um, to my understanding, the solo campaign came first when you were designing the game. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that was um, that's what it all, all starts from like a, a passion project, a, a bit of an idea, and um, I would try to focus on the haggling side. Wonder if you could uh, make a full game around like a haggling mechanic, and I kind of as we were nailing that mechanic down, it's fun, but. If you were reading constantly for like a, a ten-hour game or something, um, it's not for everyone. So um, we had the haggle mechanic there for the single player, um, and then branched out from there to add in a bit of crafting and a bit of other things. And then just, wouldn't it be fun if, it, if you could play this with your mates? And yeah, it kind of grew organically, I think, from that. Okay, awesome. And you and your wife, you said, are the ones that design the co-op stages. Is is that? right as well yeah uh i don't know a way to make a court game on your own and it wouldn't be fun making a court game on your own um, no no i can't imagine so so uh, i have to come up with like a the boring side is it an excel spreadsheet trying to say uh, what's going to unlock on the full campaign on each level you want some things to unlock you want the difficulty to ramp up and, and all these sorts of things so i, I try and plan out the levels beforehand um, and then get her in for some testing, going like, oh, that's not working. Or she'd give some feedback saying this is no fun and, and all these sort of things. So it, it was quite a good a good couple experience. It was good, yeah. Right. So when, when you were developing the game, was it you and you had some other people working with you or mostly just you? Yeah, uh, it was me and uh, my business partner. Um, so I do a lot of the, the programming and um, I suppose the... the project management side of it, getting all this voice acting in, a lot of the design work and um, the 
my business partner does the animations and on the art side, um, makes it look nice and pretty. Okay, awesome. Um, how how long have you guys been working together? And uh, you're not working together anymore because you said you went into more software, correct? Uh, yeah, so we've still got uh, Big Village Games up and running. Um, uh, so when did we start working together? We worked together at Employed as a company, and uh, we started doing Merrick um, whilst we were working there at the same time. So I think it took us about two years to make Merrick's market. Oh, that's not too long. I wasn't sure how long it would really take to to make a game like this because I know a couple of people I've talked to have been like working on their game for for five years and it's like nowhere up to the quality of Merrick's market. So how it's how long a, did a, you? Yeah, go for it. Sure, go. It's a it's a tricky one to like know where to draw the line because you, you can go like, oh, it'd be fun if I did this and I did this and then you can spend another six months on a, on a feature really trying to nail it down. Um, we kind of deliberately thought this is the sort of scale of game that we'd want to make and, and is acceptable to put on consoles. Um, this is kind of the mechanics that we want and try and work everything into place and try not to get too distracted by adding in these bits of features or that this would be cool. Um, but at the same time, really trying to, to like make the bosses fun. I think that's where we put like a lot of our, uh, the creativity and sort of passion side into that as well, because they're all unique. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. I know that we really enjoyed the, like the boss levels in the co-op. Um, we really enjoyed that. That's something that my wife will always mention. If I ever ask her what she really enjoyed about Merrick's market, that's the one thing she mentions that always sets it apart from other games like Overcooked and, and games like that. Uh, which also brings me to inspiration for the game. Was there a certain game that you were designing it after that inspired the creation of it? Cause I mean, we always draw similarities to games like Overcooked when we're thinking of Merrick's Market. Um, was that an inspiration or was there other games that inspired you to make the game? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Um, but I, I suppose, like I mentioned before, a lot of the um, initial ideas came from this Hagler mechanic, which is probably similar to Papers, Please. Well, Say that again? It's, have, you to... played, have you played Papers, Please? Papers, please. Is that... Yeah, yeah. I have not. I think I recently had somebody mention it to me. Um, is that a multiplayer game or is it solo? Solo. Solo. I, I'm pretty sure somebody mentioned it to me recently in, in the comments section on YouTube. I'll have to go and look at it. I don't... Uh, explain more. <laughs> tell, tell me about it because I don't know about the game. So. Uh, I think it's like a, a, a Soviet-era um, border control checking game. It's more interesting than it sounds. So uh, they give you like rules that you've got to look for date of birth on the passport. You've got to look for these sort of things. Um, and so someone gives you some some documents, some information, starts talking to you, and you've kind of got to pick it apart within a time frame and, and uh, give it back. So it's not too similar to Merrick's Market, but it's it's more that one-on-one uh, -on -one dialogue with someone trying to read what they're about, which right. was uh, the, the haggling mechanic side of things. And then when we uh, broadened it more into crafting, it's definitely where uh, my wife has been playing Overcooked. And so you can see a few uh, similarities to do with that. Uh, funnily enough, Minecraft as well. I've been playing that with my friends a lot of the time. More for like the multi-stage complex crafting. 
which is what you've seen to be boss battles or some of the items that you make in the game. It's not just put this and this together. It's put this and this together, which makes something, and you put that together with something else, and then finally you get a two of armor. Right. Um, oh, that's so interesting. That's not something I would have ever like thought inspired Merrick's Market. So, Well, I, I think there must have been like a, a few months window where I really try to uh, come up with and, and nail these mechanics down. So it depends what games I was playing in that window. Right. I wonder what happened if I played Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun to see how the different games that you play inspire what you create. So what kind of struggles did you run into during the development of the game? You said it only took you two years, which to me seems like a really fast time, but I have no clue about game development, so I don't know. Uh, was there any big struggles? Was there anything that almost made the game not happen or anything like that? Um, I don't think we had any any like big showstoppers that got in the way of us. It was more the sheer scale of all the work that had to be done to get it over the line. Um, so I think originally we wanted to do it in a year and a half, but when you get in, added in more features or um, like the, the voice acting, it's all fully voice acted single player campaign, that is a lot to organize and, and, and manage. Um, so it's more just lots and lots of little bits of work come together um, that seem like an insurmountable challenge almost, but you just got to keep taking a little bit off at a time as you're working on it. Right. Okay. So just step by step, little steps. Okay. Yeah. Um, and never look at how much work needs to be done. Otherwise you'll <laughs> Right. So what about like getting it onto consoles? Was it difficult to get it onto different types of platforms? Like you just got it on a Nintendo switch, uh, back in January, but originally you released on everything else. Uh, I don't. I don't remember when the release date was. September. 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 Yeah. So, was it difficult to get it onto specific consoles, or was it just modifying coding or something like that? Um, no, it's it's not too difficult. Maybe two or three weeks work for each platform because everyone will have their own way of doing trophies or leaderboards or or those sort of things. Um, if to do a few uh, like performance improvements for Nintendo Switch. Uh, to try and get it running at least at 30 frames a second a lot of the time. And sometimes I think it's up to 60 in some of the smaller environments and stuff. Um, so, 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 yeah, we, it's quite um, almost like low poly in some of the character models. And it's been purposely designed to look quite nice in that style. Uh, but then it does mean that it can run on PS4 as well as Xbox One, as well as Nintendo Switch. And, and then um, we're not having to spend... I don't know, six months making some crazy alterations and making different uh, versions of the same models, but low poly and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's not been too bad. Right, what about like requirements? I've heard the Nintendo Switch can be like really hard to get it onto because they have a very uh, thorough, intense screening process. Is that something that you ran into or not so much? Mm, I think uh, there's quite a barrier to entry for a lot of consoles. Um, so you've just got to probably make like a nice game design document, really try and sell your game in that, um, and then you can you can send that across, or a, or a trailer if you've made that, um, or just try and try and sound like you know what you're doing as best you can. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Seems to follow the light you want, yeah. Right. Just just pretend you know what you're doing. Okay. I I mean that's. That's crazy because there's so many games. Like right now I'm working on a video about 
new PC co-op games. There's so many games that are PC exclusive. And for me, I, I don't like playing my multiplayer games on PC personally. Um, you know, I have to hook my controllers up to it. I have to hook it up to my TV. It's a big hassle. And I wish that other game developers would bring their games to all of these other consoles if it's not so much work, you know? I see what you mean. Um, one thing I didn't mention is made in Unity. So Unity do a lot of the, the heavy lifting for certain platforms. Um, so a lot of the, the rendering side, the audio side, stuff that's probably quite complex is already taken care of by Unity. Um, so you just do the specifics to your game for that platform. So right. that's really helped out. Otherwise, you'd, you'd really have to wait at the pros and cons for, for each platform if it's going to take you three or four months per platform. Right, just depending on what uh, program you use to, to build the game in. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's fairly good if you're in um, Unreal or, or Unity or... Oh, I'm, I'm not sure um, what other type, type engines are spot about with different consoles. But yeah, we've got uh, quite lucky in that regard. Right. All right, so my next question is about the funding for the game. How did you guys go about funding it? It took you two years to make the game... Was there any sort of Kickstarter or crowdfunding or were you just making it in spare time? Uh, how were you going about funding the game and being able to fund your dream of creating Merrick's Market? That's, that's an interesting one about Kickstarter, just on a, on a slight tangent. I've always fancied that before, but then from all the talks I've heard on it, you can spend like two months of your time trying to prepare a Kickstarter to try and get it successfully funded. So it's quite a, a risk in going for that in the first place. Um, so now for the, the most part, we I was working part-time. So I had you know, thing come to, to keep me going and then I was working three days at the job and uh, pretty much four days the rest of the week working at Next Market. Uh, we did pitch to Stadia at one point and got into this um, Stadia Makers program. So we got a little bit of funding up front and we plowed that into the game as well. So all the voice acting, um, that was paid for by that money. Uh, we localized it in a few different languages, all paid for by that money. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's mostly just trying to work part-time as a programmer uh, whilst like uh, the, the small bit of money we got is helping to um, boost the quality of the game, I suppose. Yeah. Were you able to make money back that it felt worth it to have put all the time into the game? Hmm. I wonder what to say. Uh, it always, when you've made a product like that that takes so much time, you've got to see it as a, it's like a passion project to start off with. And if anybody comes alongside it, then that's kind of a, a benefit. Um, it weren't as if I'd, I'd remortgaged the house or anything, anything we're relying on this money. Uh, so we've, we've got some money from it, which is, it's been nice, but it's not enough to kind of um, support us and, and carry on making more games. That was, that was kind of the dream. Um, you know, we'd, we'd make either a sequel or something else or um, take on someone that could help us make more games, but it didn't quite work out that way, I'm afraid. Right, okay. Yeah, that's something that's always been uh, very interesting to me. When I was growing up, I really wanted to be a game developer is actually like kind of where I was headed. Um, but uh, it didn't work out, obviously. So it's just always interesting to me whether games are able to actually make you money 
after so much time and effort put into them. So, yeah, I think it might be one of those where uh, if you if you get lucky and people uh, like the game tell their friends, it kind of snowballs and becomes something that everyone's talking about. So you can't have a a quality game that gets missed, or you know that sort of thing. So it's uh, locked in, work out that well for us, or perhaps it's not the sort of game that people are looking for at that moment in time. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we, we've tried to uh, do our best to promote the game on the channel because, like I said, we we both really enjoyed the the game. We've included it in several videos, um, even one we posted just on Sunday uh, about games like Overcooked. We included it in because we really enjoy it. We think it's a great game. It's fantastic. Um, and if you're watching this, go get it, please, because it's it's an amazing game and it'll be great fun for your family or for couples. Um, so yeah, go check it out. Thank you. You sell it better than I do. <laughs> I mean, we we really like to support and appreciate the games that we've enjoyed. Um, they, they're really very few and far in between, the games that are really good that are developed by smaller companies or smaller development teams. So we, we like to support them when we can. Yeah, thank you. The show you're watching or listening to right now is brought to you by thecoopcompany.com, our brand new website where you can find all of our latest merch, like the three brand new designs we're releasing today. You can pick up the Joy-Cons holding hands, the game controllers high-fiving, or the family sitting at the couch and playing games together. In addition to those designs, you can also, of course, find all of our previous merch designs. Okay, we're on phone audio for a minute. I forgot to mention that if you buy one of our shirts, we will send you a personalized thank you video for helping support the channel. If you love the show and want to help support it so we can keep bringing you wonderful episodes like these, then make sure to check out thecoopcompany.com and don't forget the hyphen in co-op. Let's jump into the section of the show that we call co-optimization. This is the area of the show where we talk about what makes the game good in co-op or unique and different in co-op over playing it solo. So, Dave, what makes your game good in co-op? Okay, um... So a lot of the levels, the environments, we've thrown in specifically for co-op uh, to make people communicate better. Uh, so we've got things where uh, players will be spawned either side of some barrels that block them off, or there's paths moving around, and uh, you're only going to succeed really at a level if you're communicating in real life with the person sat next to you. Uh, we've got things like pressure plates, where someone's got to stand on the plate to let the other person through. And... Um, we just try and pace it in a way so that two people or two or more people working together have to have to communicate who's going to do what task to be able to, to succeed. So I think, I think that's what I'm saying that one. Yeah, I mean, there was so much in this game that my wife and I loved. And I mean, we actually played this while we had COVID. So you gave us early access to it. We were trying to create a review and we had COVID. So if you go and listen to our review... We're all we're all sniffly and snuffly because we were actually in for the whole week that we played this game and recorded the review while we were still sick. Um, but there was so much that we really enjoyed. Um, there was a lot of screaming, a lot of communication, and I think that's one of the things that makes the game special is it requires you to communicate a lot. Um, you don't want to both be creating the same item and then this other item gets missed because you both worked on one item. You have to communicate about what you're doing and try to work together and stay in the spots that you're at. So you're not constantly both running back and forth 
um, and wasting time because time is precious and it just that was one thing that was really special to us that we love in games is when it makes you communicate with one another so that's what i would have to add about what makes the game good in co-op is the communication is absolutely necessary or you're not really going to get too far so yeah that's that's great i don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing to be uh that you have covid while playing it i mean it's a bad thing that you have covid huh i don't know what am i trying to say here I was trying to make a joke out of that somehow, but in a nice way. <laughs> Never mind. Move on. You're all good. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of uh, it was difficult because we had a kid in January, so we had I don't know six, seven month year old, um, and we were both tired all of the time. Um, one of the worst sicknesses that I ever had. Um, so we were both tired all the time, and then we were trying to complete this game because we wanted to get the review out as soon as the game released. Um, but I mean, it was a really good time. It's definitely a fond memory and a game that we won't forget because of the time that we played it in. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm surprised at that one. If you got a young kid, you're really tired, you're full of COVID, and then you're still managing to communicate well enough to to really get going and. and Make some good scores on the game. Well done. I mean, what what can we say? We have a really good marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely um, an experience. So, but it was a good one, and and we look back on it fondly. So, now we can talk about the section of the show called co opportunities, where we talk about things that might have made the game a little bit better in co op. What might have been missing? Um, and I'm going to throw it over to you and see if there was anything that you regretted not putting in there or thought you should have made. Uh, a little better or anything like that. The one that gets talked about a fair bit is missing multiplayer, like online multiplayer. Um, and if we were to take that on, we'd probably have to take a big chunk of the, of the game out because of the amount of time it would take us to develop online multiplayer. So that's, that's the reason why we didn't go for that. But the more you kind of talk about it, people, the more you realise it's, it's fun to be sitting in the same room and arguing while you're playing the same game. Um, do, you, do you have that same experience with an online multiplayer game where you're just laying on your sofa or something talking to someone in a, a different country or, or, or your friend in a different town? I, I don't know. What do you think? What's, what are the uh, additions? Um, you know, I think the online multiplayer would have been awesome, but obviously it's not something we really care about because our channels focus on local multiplayer games. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a great thing to have, but at the expense of losing a bunch of the content, I don't think it would have been worth it. Um, there was one thing that we mentioned to you, and I think we mentioned in our review as well, is that because you designed the co-op version of the game first, um, some of your maps that were really, really big, when you had multiple players, one person was in this room and one person was in the complete opposite corner of the room, it was really, really small, and it was sometimes hard to see some of the icons. Um, so we suggested making those icons a little bit bigger. I don't know if that's something that you ever uh, were able to make it around to, but I think that would improve the co-op play a little bit more because I think that was one of the hardest things. We had to scoot our couch closer to the TV when we got to those bigger levels and I had to put my glasses on. And, um, you know, it was still a great time, um, but I think just that little improvement of making the icons a little bit bigger um, when you're split up between those rooms because the maps are awesome. You know, you have, you have, you have these big maps um with 
potions down here in this corner and your furnaces and everything up in the other corner. Um, but when you're split apart, it just kind of zooms out and everything's a lot smaller. So it was kind of hard to see what I was picking up here and then. Um, and you have those little bubbles of what people want and we struggle to see those bubbles. So I think yeah. that's honestly our biggest critique, which is a really minor critique in my opinion. So that's, that's absolutely fair point. Um, for the switch version, because you have such a small screen, we did make the, the bubbles a little bit bigger for, for some other environments. Um, and it's almost like, I think we've learned our lesson. If we make more environments in the future, you make them single room, single cabin shop. Um, and we'll probably do it that way. We, they were designed for like a single player. So Mary could be moving between these rooms and the cabinet slides and it follows, nicely. And, it follows him. and that works really, yeah. really nicely yeah. in the solo. It even works nicely, you know, in, in co-op, if both of you go into the same room, um, it works really nicely as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I, th I, th I think you're right. Um, we tried a few different like, camera tricks because uh, we'd already made the environment and then we were trying to, we thinking like, well, hmm. what am I trying to say? So we've made the environments for single player um, thinking they're going to convert across to co-op, no problem. It's just like an environment that you're in and playing it and getting bigger and it's fun. Uh, but when it got to being at different points of the map, then you could notice it, like you said. We looked at a few different tricks, having like a, a camera that's halfway in between each of the players or trying to fit everybody in, but then you couldn't always see what what you were running towards. Um, we had a few, few different camera tricks that, that made you sick, so we took that out. Uh, we, we tried a few things, but yeah, in, in the end, it's it's come out okay for those um, last couple of levels, but you might have to scoot you up because Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's only a few levels at the very end there that have that issue as well. So, and I mean, a lot of people don't even finish their games. So a lot of people might even not make it, make it that <laughs> far. So, or maybe that's just an us problem. We have trouble finishing games. It's uh, largely became a problem because of YouTube, because we, now we get so many games for free to review and to talk about, and it gets hard to make it to the end of games. Um, and obviously we try cause we want to review the games, but um, I think my wife has only finished like five games in her lifetime, other than ones that we have played in co-op. So, um, that's fair. I think it's, it gets quite, uh, it's quite a, a problem. If you can say that, uh, games pass, those sort of things. Now you jump on, there's a hundred different games that you can play. You'll, you'll download something and start playing it and be like, nah, I'm not that bothered. And it might be a. Uh, like sixty dollar game or something that you would have bought with that money, but you'll just uninstall it, put something else on. Right. Yeah. It, so, it's it yeah, could be a challenge. I mean, right now I have games that we have bought that I like. If I wasn't doing YouTube, I would have finished them, but I don't have so much time anymore, and I'm not as interested because I have so much, so many other things. You know, like I have uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I've only played like five hours of, and I have. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus and Lego Star Wars, a bunch of big release games that we purchased because I was really interested in them. Um, and I just haven't had the time to to get through and complete them. And they've been sitting there waiting. I mean, we got Horizon Forbidden West back in uh, February when it was when it released. So um, definitely. You're going to have to have a, an in and an out pile. And if you get through them, you put, the, put them on the out pile. Right. And I mean, that would be awesome if I had all physical games. Um, but I just have so yeah, many that are digital. So, 
But yeah, I mean, most of our physical games, I think I have finished. So, and I try, I try, I, I will always buy physical if I'm buying it myself. Um, but when I'm getting them for YouTube, I get a lot of just codes and stuff. So, uh, what's your favorite game that you've got behind you on that shelf? Behind me. Let's see. Yeah. Um, probably I'd have to say Horizon Forbidden, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is probably my favorite on that shelf. Let me. Let me check out the shelf, though. Yeah, I'd probably have to say Horizon uh, Zero Dawn or Breath of the Wild. So probably my two favorite favorite games that I've played. But if we're talking co-op games, we have Sackboy, A Big Adventure on there. We have Overcooked and Very, Very Valet. Those are awesome co-op games as well. So... But solo games, I love playing solo games. My favorite games will almost always be solo games. Um, yeah, you get wrapped up in the story. Yeah, and I get to to play them for hours on end. Whereas when I'm playing with my wife, I, you know, only have so much time to that we're both free that we get to play games together. So, um, yeah, those would be my favorite on the shelf back there. Um, what about you? What What are your favorite games? Of all time. I remember always saying for the, for the PS1, Metal Gear Solid, you still love that, but then I, I watched a video of someone playing that lately and, and the, the storyline is so incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> so, so silly. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 and 9 as well. So they were the ones I really enjoyed and played a lot when I was younger. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously familiar with, with those games. I have not played them. Um, I grew up in a family that actually didn't like video games very much, so I didn't play a lot of games growing up. So anything that's older, I probably haven't played, but I know a lot about now because I'm so ingrained into the video game culture now. So um, what about co-op games? You said you like to play co-op games with your wife. Um, earlier, you were wondering if I would recommend some to you. What are your favorites right now that you have played? Ooh, um, like it, it Takes Two. It Takes Two, that's absolutely really fantastic. That was game of the year for yeah. us when it released. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. And it just keeps going on and on and on. There's, there's loads of it and, and uh, so many interesting mechanics that only seem to stay around for half an hour. And they get rid of that mechanic and put another one in. And you never get bored of it. It's, it's really, really good quality game. Wow, so I wrote a few down. Um, Haven. You played Haven? Uh, no, that's the new one, animated boyfriend-girlfriend game, correct? No. Yeah. I hadn't yeah, played it because it was one. rated M, so we generally stay away from those. So. Ooh, okay. I mean, you could you could uh, talk about it for sure. We just stayed away from it because we weren't sure exactly what was going on with it being a, a couple's game that was rated M together, so. Yeah, uh, so it's, a, it's like a couple who run away from some some futuristic system crash land on a planet and then we're trying to uh survive on that planet sort of thing together um i think it's only rated m it's a bit um the, the romantic side of things is talked about i suppose a little bit more right um there's, there's not a lot of blood and gore and that sort of thing uh what else have we got on the list an old one ratchet and clank all for one I'm playing that one at university quite like that. Right. Yeah, I, I obviously I haven't played it because, like I said, the older games I haven't played. Which one is that? Ratchet and Clank what? All for one? I think it's a PS3 game. Uh, 
And you would, it was just like a, like a top-down sort of camera angle, and you're just running around shooting stuff together. That, that was a good one. Just like that. Uh, Beyond Two Souls. I haven't heard of that That's one. That's another PS3 one. Uh-uh. Oh, it's got... Uh, is that on, on current consoles, or is that uh, an older game? I bet you can still play. It was a PS3 one. Yeah. So are you uh, are you kind of PlayStation Four, Xbox One Plus? Yeah, Xbox? yeah, pretty much. So Nintendo Switch, PlayStation Four. I played some Wii games. Obviously, we've got our Wii back there. Um, we have an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, which I've been looking at getting some older games on just to experience them and play them. Um, but yeah, I didn't really start gaming until I actually got married to my wife. I got married and she had a Nintendo Switch. I started playing the Nintendo Switch. Um, I watched a lot of gaming YouTube growing up, and I, I wanted to do that, and eventually it all just worked out. We got a PlayStation 4. I played Spider-Man. I absolutely loved it. Um, and then, yeah, so PlayStation 4 onwards. Um, I know quite a bit of older uh, co-op games. Obviously not all of them. I'm sure there's tons that I don't know, and I haven't played most of them. So, But eventually, eventually we want to get to the older ones. There's just so many new ones that were released that... You know, yeah, you to keep up with the new ones. That's uh, it's like the opposite of what you you hear. Some people, you, you get married and you start playing games. Oh yeah, it's the opposite. Oh, your wife's the one that introduces you to games. Sometimes it's the other way around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. I think that's before I, before I got married, I had played Minecraft. Um, I had Minecraft on my PC growing up, and I played Pokemon games on the Game Boy, and I played games on my phone, and that was like pretty much it. So. I've gotten a lot more into it since I since I got married. So yeah, top stuff. Awesome. So now you asked if I would recommend some to you. Um, I didn't write down anything because that happened uh, right before we started recording. Um, so obviously, I know you, you played Overcooked. It takes two is always my top recommendation for couples. Uh, Unravel two. Have you played Unravel two? Ooh, I think I bought it, not played it. Absolutely fantastic better. 2D platformer, um, Unravel 2. You can play it anywhere, I believe. Um, but that was one of the first co-op games we ever played together. And the story, I still honestly can't tell you what's going on with the story. I don't know what it is. But the gameplay mechanics are fantastic, and it's one we've been meaning to review for a long time. So Unravel 2... Um, it depends on what you enjoy doing. My wife and I can sit for hours and play Stardew Valley together. Um, that's a very much more chill, relaxed game where you just say, you don't even have to talk very much. You just sit together and play the game. My wife loves it. And uh, yeah, that's one that if we ever have hours to sit and play, because we, we will not stop playing it. It's a three hour sit down at least, because it just. It moves so slow, but it's really peaceful and calm. One of our favorite games. Um, and we've heard a lot of people, since we reviewed that game, coming to us and say, yes, this is fantastic in co-op. Um, and it's especially good for, um, I think, for people that don't play a whole lot of games. Um, maybe that aren't yeah. so, like, skilled, you know? Because for a lot of games, you need a lot more skill and, and expertise with a controller. And Stardew Valley doesn't take a lot of that. Um, so yeah, I think those would be our top three picks. And then we have games like Don't Starve Together is fantastic. Um, 
for 3D platformers, like I said, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, amazing. One of the best uh, 3D platformers I think has ever been released. So, ooh, ooh, that's a big claim. That's a big claim. After I've forgotten that one, um, we've played Little Big Planet Three together. So, probably enjoy that. Yeah, <laughs> and we have Little Big Planet Three on there. We didn't get too far into that one because um, we weren't loving it so much. You probably played it like closer to when it released. Um, yeah, I, I think so. So, um, it's it's made not so far away from where I'd live. Oh yeah. So I, I think that's why we invested it more time and go on it. Right. Yeah, I think it's fun. Uh, a big adventure is so so much better it's it's fantastic okay. especially um in co-op it's really fun you get to slap each other around and and stuff like that you can throw each other off ledges and whatnot so is there any specific genre you would be interested in or just an overall layout like i gave you um i think the favorite ones we've played that I like your, your single-player story-driven campaigns, but allow you to do co-op. Or so, sometimes we play those single-player games, but like just um, change the controller every now and again. You play a little bit, and I play a little bit, and that's been quite fun to play through together. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, just the sort of thing you dip into for like half an hour, like you said, is just a, a couple of couple of you play, not something that we'd be sitting there for all day playing together. Right. Yeah, and I think game, oh, games like those tend to be, you know, like your Overcooked type game where you can sit and play a level in, in five minutes. Um, yeah. And, you know, we just talked about a lot of those. Very, very valet. Super fun. Um, apparently, a lot of people haven't heard about it. We just talked about it on Sunday in our in our video that we released. Um, that one you are playing as a valet and you look kind of like Muppets and it's kind of ragdoll physics based and you're jumping cars off of cliffs and taking them to park and fantastic game. Very fun. Similar to overcooked, similar to, to Merrick's market type of gameplay where you're trying to get the car and park it and then bring it back to them before they get angry and leave or something like that, you know? So that sounds good. I'll follow on the list. We hope you guys enjoyed having Dave on the show as much as we did. Now, just make sure to check out some more games like Overcooked in this video right here. And don't forget, if you want those Merrick's Market codes, then check out the description to head over to our Discord. We love you guys. Y'all are awesome.